0: Sounded like the last gas coming out of a helium balloon. So, how do I look? Yeah, you look pretty good. So, how do I look? You look like Cinderella before the fairies. Hey, you want to try one of my cookies? They're good. pretty good. They taste good. If you like cardboard. Alright, how you guys doing? You guys doing roasted all right well cool hey guys so my name is if you guys don't already know me i've been hanging out in jhm here for a little while i have a life group of eighth grade girls there's a few of them here they're not making any noise but with serena and christine they're the best they're so good oh man i just totally dropped all that all right well how you guys doing good, good? Good. Alright, so we're in the end of our friendship series, right? And we have a theme verse for every series that we're in. So we have this theme verse, we've been talking about it over and over every week. Let's get it up there, and let's say it all together. Alright? Can we all say it all together? Do you think we can do that? Yeah? Think we can do it? Alright, let's try it. Ready? One, two, three. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone is in real trouble, that wasn't that in unison, but that's okay. Does anybody have it it memorized? Anybody? Anybody have it memorized? Anybody think they can do it without looking? No? Nobody? This is the last week of our friendship series. All right. Well, let's see. Oh, you think you can? All right, Hosanna, come on up here. You can do it. I believe in you. You think you can do it? Okay, let's let's hear it. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah, that was so good. High five, high five. That was so good. Oh my goodness. That was the best. I love it. So good. So, yeah, that's our theme verse. That's so good. All right, so we're in the last little bit of our friendship series. Let me tell you guys a little bit about my friends, okay? So there's this place. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I heard that there's one in Newport, but I'm from Dana Point, and they're like the original one. Yeah, that's right. The original one is down in Dana Point. It's called Harbor House. Has anybody heard of it before? No? A few people. There we go. It's down in Dana Point. It's a 24-hour diner, okay? Harbor House? Yeah, right? Okay. So the one down at Dana Point, it's the best. It's open twenty-four hours. Have you guys ever heard of Denny's before? Yeah. Denny's? Yeah? Alright, so it's kind of like Denny's, but like ten times cooler than that. Alright? So it has like breakfast food, but it has some other food as well. Um, and it's open twenty-four hours. So like during the summertime, me and my friends, we would go to the beach the entire day, and then afterwards we'd go to Harbor House late at night, and it was just like the funnest thing ever. It was so good. So Fun fact, one of my best friends, her name is Rachel, she's the best. When you meet her, you automatically become her friend. She's just super awesome, super hilarious. Fun fact about her, this is super random, but she hates sparkling water. Does anybody hate sparkling water? Wow, that's like basically everybody in this room. Who loves sparkling water? Anybody love it? Okay, there's a few people. If it's flavored, that's true. That's kind of basically like soda, right? But then sometimes if it's not flavored, it's just a little weird. It's like, this should not be bubbling, but it is. All right, this is odd. So, fun fact about Rachel, she hates it. She absolutely hates sparkling water. So, for some reason, I mean, as you guys know, when you go to a restaurant, they give you water before your meal. So, some of you guys might know where this story's leading, you know. She somehow, maybe someone was playing a joke on her. I still have no idea to this day. But somehow, she was the only person that got sparkling water in her cup. And so, we get there and we're talking and it's no big deal. And she doesn't realize it. So, she takes a sip of her water and just like, just everywhere, all over the table. Like, she tried to get it back in the cup. Totally didn't happen. It just went all over the table. And we all like paused and then just erupted in laughter. We were, like, crying. We were laughing so hard, and as you can tell from, like, the picture, the booths are, like, pretty close together, so, like, the people around us, like, some people, like, got sprayed, and they were, like, oh, like, what is this? These high schoolers, they're so annoying. Like, they were all looking at us, and then the waitress had to come and, like, clean it down, but it was so, so funny, and okay, so we have these stories in the Bible, right, where Jesus is at these meals with his disciples, and sometimes I always wonder, I don't know if you guys do, but I wonder if there were any, like, funny stories like that at those meals, right? Like, maybe someone, like, accidentally, like, knocked over the wine, or, like, Peter, like, took the loaf of bread and was like, hey, John, go long, you know, like, who knows? Like, what if there was, like, some funny moments at these meals that Jesus had? So, today, we're going to look at two meals that Jesus had. Okay? So go ahead and get a Bible and get a note paper. One of my high school pastors, he used to say that note takers are history makers. So be a history maker and take notes, right? All right. So when you grab your Bible, we're gonna be in Matthew. So go ahead and turn to Matthew, Matthew nine. It's on the it's on the screens, it's page nine fifty six. And if you're there, go, I'm there. Put your hand up. Let's see who can be, be there the fastest. Anybody? Matthew 9. Anybody? Right here. Nice. You were the first one. Good job. There's a few people. Anybody else in Matthew? It's page 956. We're cheating. It already has the page. Perfect. All right. Well, if you're not already there, let's read it out. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So so Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum?" When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Okay, so as we get started, let's go ahead and pray together. Dear God, I just thank you so much for this time that we get to come together and learn about your word, Lord. God, would you just take this time and anything that you want to say to us, Lord, would it come into our ears and just go into our minds and when we understand what you have to say, Lord? And if it's not from you, God, would it just go in one ear and out the other, Lord? We only want to hear your word right now, God. So we just pray that in this time we would be open to what you have to say about friendship, God, and about all of our different friends around us, Lord. So we just pray for this time, Lord, would your peace reign on this place? In in your strength, Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So in this passage, the first thing we see is that there's a man named Matthew, and he's a tax collector. So I'm sure some of you guys have heard this before. Tax collectors were hated at this time. Basically, they stole money from people, so everyone did not want to be their friends, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to be friends with someone who was stealing your money. So basically, either Matthew was sitting there at his booth alone... Or he had his other tax collector friends there as well. But basically, no one was really his friend. And so he was hated in the land. And so we first see that Matthew is a tax collector. And then Jesus says, come and follow me and be my disciple. So the story easily could have ended right there, right? And it still would have been surprising that Jesus went to this tax collector and said, come and follow me. And then the story could have ended and we still would have been like, wow, this is incredible. Jesus has this tax collector as a friend. But... It keeps going, right? And then we see that Jesus goes with Matthew and has dinner with him. But not only does he have dinner with just Matthew, he has dinner with all of Matthew's friends as well. So this is super surprising. And this leads us to our first point that we see in this. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. It says, Jesus does not expect his friends to be perfect. So yes, we know that Jesus is perfect and that he does not sin. But Jesus knows perfectly well who Matthew is, right? We all know who Matthew is. It says it right there. Matthew is a tax collector. And Jesus is not surprised that all of Matthew's friends are also tax collectors. So Jesus doesn't expect his friends to be perfect. And then this leads us to our next point. It says Jesus is our friend, and he doesn't expect us to be perfect. And then Jesus shows us that we don't need to expect our friends to be perfect either. So, Jesus is telling us, we don't have to expect our friends to be perfect. We know that they're human, and we know that they're going to mess up, and we don't have to expect them to be perfect. Now, I want you guys to hear me on this, though, okay? This isn't meaning that we should just expect the worst of people, and we shouldn't trust anybody, we shouldn't share anything with anybody. That is not what I'm saying, right? And that's also not what we see in this passage. Right, guys? We see that Jesus is Going to dinner with these guys, and he's getting to know them on a deeper level. So he is trusting them, and he's becoming better friends with them. But Jesus also knows that they're not perfect. He knows that they're tax collectors. He knows that they might mess up, and they're probably going to mess up in the future. So he shows us that we don't need to expect our friends to be perfect either, because we know that they are imperfect, and they will probably mess up, and that's okay. Because we also learn that Jesus is perfect, and that he is never going to fail us, right? And this also shows us one other thing. It says, Jesus shows us that we can be friends with others, yet not engage in everything that they do. Sometimes I think it's really easy for us to believe that we have to do every single thing that our friends do, right? We think, okay, they're doing this, I must have to do that as well. But we see here that Jesus is not a tax collector, right? Jesus is hanging out with tax collectors and he's having dinner with them, but he himself is not a tax collector. So sometimes we might have friends who are bullies or they're, they're gossiping about other people, and we can invite them to the table and be friends with them and have dinner with them and engage in them, yet we don't have to engage in the gossip or the bully, right? We don't have to be friends with those we, don't, or we, don't have to, we can be friends with them, but we don't have to engage in being a gossip or being a bully, right? And so that's a huge point that Jesus is showing us. All right, so we're going to talk about another dinner table experience that Jesus had, okay? So flipping your Bibles a few more pages, we're going to be going to Matthew 26. So it's a few more pages. It's on 978. Just a few more pages over. Matthew 26. All right, so... The first part of this verse says, when it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12 disciples. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Okay, so the first thing that we see is that Jesus sat down, right? He sat down at the table with his 12 disciples and started eating. And then the second thing that we see is that there was conflict around the table, right? He says, one of you guys is going to betray me. So we see that Jesus dealt with conflict. That's another huge point that we have. Jesus dealt with conflict. Within his close friend group, within those 12 disciples, there was conflict among them. So sometimes we feel like we have conflict around our tables. And we talked about this last week of how we can address conflict and how we can do this in a healthy way with our friends, right? And Jesus addressed that. He said, There's gonna, there is conflict among us, among these 12. There's conflict here. So sometimes when we feel like one of our friends betrayed us, or we feel like maybe our friends think that we betrayed them, and there's just this, like, clash going on among our friend group, right? Jesus totally understands that. Within his closest 12 friends, he had thousands of people following him, but within those 12 close friends, there was conflict there. So Jesus totally understands that. He totally understands that there's conflict there. And this leads us, oh, then we're going to go a little bit longer into Matthew 26. So let's get that up there. Perfect. So then it keeps going and it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. Then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. All right, so we see here that Jesus is at this table with his 12 close friends. And he shares something with them that is life-changing. Right, guys? He says, I am going to die for the sins of the world. This is life-changing stuff. Yet he chose to reveal it to his 12 closest friends friends. How cool is that? He could have, at this point, revealed it to all of these thousands of people, but he chose to first reveal it to his closest friends. He shared things with them that he hadn't shared with anybody else. He shared it with those 12 close friends. So our big idea for today, it says, friendship is a journey that starts at the table. So what I mean by the table is your closest friend group. I want you to think about the people that are closest to you. Let's say something really exciting happens, and you call up those people. So yes, literally, sometimes we have dinner at the dinner table with our family. Does anybody do that? Dinner table with your family, right? I do that all the time. But in this sense, I want you to think about your closest friends, right? Think about your closest friend group. Who are those people, right? Who are those people that are at your table of friendship? Your table of friendship, who are those close friends of yours, right? So friendship is a journey, and we see that Matthew, right, Jesus first met Matthew as a tax collector, and he first sat and ate at the table, right? Right, guys up here? He first sat with Matthew at the table, and he learned things about Matthew, that he hadn't learned before. And I'm sure when he first had dinner with Matthew, Matthew learned things about Jesus that he hadn't known before either. And it started at the table and then they journeyed through life together and Matthew and Jesus kept going through life. And Matthew walked alongside of Jesus and saw Jesus perform all of these amazing miracles. And then we see that they returned back to the table. So they went through life together and then they went back and they talked with each other and they shared things with each other they hadn't shared before that. So that's a huge thing. It's a journey that starts at the table, and then we see that it ends at the table as well. Okay, so what does this mean? We went through these two passages, right? And we talked about your closest friend groups, the ones that if you shared a meal around with them, what does this mean? Okay, so for me, that group of friends that I was talking about at Harbor House, where my friends spit all the water everywhere, that group of friends, I've known them for a really long time, but there's been struggles there as well within that friend group. I remember when they, they are all a year older than me, and so they all went off to college, but I was still in high school. And I remember feeling super alone in that moment. I felt like all of the people sitting around the table with me had left, and they had all made their own table of friends. And I was still sitting here, but they weren't. And I remember feeling betrayed. I felt alone. I felt like no one else was at my table And sometimes we feel like that, right? Maybe we have a close group of friends that's all sitting around the table, but something happens, and we feel like we're the only ones sitting there still. And we feel alone. We feel like no one else is there with us. Or maybe we're sitting around the table, and there's conflict among our friends, right? Some of our closest friends, there's conflict there. And we wonder, do these people, can I even trust them with things? And we wonder that or we feel like we we don't even ask that question. We just know we can't trust them because we're going to be betrayed. Jesus totally gets that. And sometimes it feels like we cannot forgive the person who's sitting next to us. We can't forgive our best friend because they hurt us so bad. But the cool thing that we learn in these stories is that the ultimate forgiver is sitting at the head of the table. We see that Jesus is sitting at the head of the table with us. And even when we feel like the people around us are betraying us, or even when we feel like there's conflict, or even when we feel like there's nobody else sitting at this table with me, I feel so alone. I feel like I don't even have friends. We know that Jesus is sitting there with us. He is always going to sit there with us. And he is always going to help us forgive the people around us. He's always going to help us forgive those people around us. And he will always be with us. So I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes at this time. I want you to think about your closest friend groups. The friends that you feel like you would call up whenever you need them. I want you to think about those friends. Maybe you can't even think of very many people. Or maybe you can, and you think, if we were all sitting at a table right now, there would probably be conflict there, or they would be gossiping. So maybe you feel like there's conflict, or, or maybe you think, yeah, my friend group is really good right now, and I feel strong within my friend group. Is Jesus sitting at the head of that table with your friends? Is he with, among your friends? Is he sitting there with you guys? What would it look like if we had a group of friends that was constantly turning towards Jesus whenever we had conflict among us? What would that look like if we always turned to him? If, if whenever we felt lonely, we realized that he was sitting there with us and that he is among us and he is our ultimate friend and our ultimate forgiver. Lord, I thank you for this time, God. I pray that we would just remember that whenever we feel like the people around us are hurting us, God, and we can't trust our friend group, or when we feel like we are alone and we don't even have any friends, Lord, would we remember that you are here with us. God, you are our ultimate friend. You are the ultimate forgiver that can help us when there's conflict, Lord. You are here. Lord, would you just remind us every single day that you are with us and that you are for us and that we can trust you with things that we haven't shared with other people, Lord. Just remind us of that, Lord. We love you and we thank you, amen. Okay, so in this time, we're gonna have a time to respond. Now, here in JHM, we have a friend who is sitting at our JHM table. He is a part of our ministry. His family is a part of our ministry and he is our really good friend. And his name is Josh Wong, and he is battling a fight with cancer right now. All right, so he is battling a fight with cancer, guys. And so we want to take this time to encourage our friend that is sitting at this table with us and encourage his family and write letters and postcards to him at this time. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and take this time to respond. If leaders, if you guys can go back to those tables back there and just help manage all of the postcards, that would be great. So we're going to take this time just to write a letter of encouragement to Josh and his family. Whether you know him or not, let's just write encouraging letters to our friend who's sitting there with us. Alright, guys we can go ahead and finish up writing those letters if you would like to just leave them on the tables whenever you're finished and someone will come by and collect them um and you guys are dismissed to go so yeah have a good week life groups see you guys next week